Hello, you're with Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's edition, The Knitting Nanas Against Gas, Coal and Greed, was produced on the lands of the Awagabal and Warimi peoples in Mulubimba, which comes from Awagabal language and means Newcastle and Place of Seafern. The show is facilitated by radio station 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, on the lands of the Wurundjeri and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Can you hear the sound of knitting? What are you knitting there? I'm actually knitting the Nana handcuff. You can uh, handcuff a nana to a nana or nana together and with raised hands they they can look quite effective. I do handcuffs because I'm not much of a knitter. I've been in the knitting nanas for six years now and I can do more than what I could do ten years ago. But one of the beautiful things about the nanas is that you don't have to be a nana and you don't have to knit but somewhere along the line, you'll probably get to learn to knit. (laughs) Who are the Knitting Nanas and what do they do? The Knitting Nanas started uh, six years ago up around Lismore and it was in response to the threat of coal seam gas happening in our backyard. So it started by two women, Claire and Libby, and... A whole pile of us had been going to lots of meetings, lock the gate meetings and things, and there was lots of talking and lots of, you know, arguing and whatever, but not much action. And Claire and Libby got really frustrated and said, we, we want to do something. So there was some experimental wells happening around Casino, which is not far from Lismore. And from the wells, they were pulling up some water and they had to put the produce water somewhere. So they were digging what they called ponds, but they were just like big holes in the ground, which they lined with black plastic. And then they put this produce water into the into these ponds. So... Libby and, and Claire just went out there one day and sat in the car and watched what was going on so they could tell their friends. And then they went out the next day and took a cup of tea this time, took a thermos of tea. And then when they went out the third day, they were getting a bit bored of just chatting amongst themselves. So Libby started knitting because she was, she was a new grandmother and she was knitting something for her, her granddaughter. And it sort of became a thing. And as women went out, as their friends went out and joined them, witnessing what the work that was actually going on, it became mature-age women and they would take their knitting. It was wintertime and it was a bit cold, so knitting's a nice thing to do in the winter. And that was the birth of the Knitting Nanas. That was the birth of the Knitting Nanas in June 2012. Hello, my name's Jally, and I'm a knitting nana from Lismore. Lismore's the where the, the knitting nanas started, and now there's about 40 um, lots of knitting nanas around Australia. We call them loops of nanas, and there's a few overseas. We have contact with, with some in England around Lancashire, and they really love us, and we really love them, and we tend to sort of, yeah to share some projects together and support each other in in some of our campaigns. 
I believe there's a couple of knitting nano loops in America. We don't know a lot about them. There's one in Brazil and there's one in Japan. <laughs> The knitting nanas are basically concerned about fossil fuels, concerned about the environment, environmental consequences of, of using fossil fuels, which all ties in with climate change. But the basis of the knitting nanas is our base, our real base is saving the land, the air and the water for the kiddies. We're just so concerned about what we're leaving the next generation. Well, it's not only the next generation, it's two generations, it's our grandchildren that are going to inherit, you know, such problems that we're creating right now. What are some of the things you've been involved with as a knitting nana? The regular things that the Lisbon Knitting Nanas do is every Thursday afternoon at two o'clock we go downtown and sit outside our parliamentary person's office. Sometimes we we do it with our federal parliament member and that's Kevin Hogan who's a nationals fellow and our state person is Thomas George and um, they both got offices downtown Lismore so we sort of take it in turn. While the coal seam gas issue was, was very strong in our backyard which was mm, for the first few years that the nanas were were happening we were outside thomas george's office every thursday and the only one we missed was when the flood was on and all downtown was underwater but every thursday afternoon we're there and just annoy them because lots of people know that we're there so as they drive past they toot and we get to talk to lots of people in the, in the main street. We sometimes go in and have interviews with our local members. Sometimes we write letters to them and, and ask specific questions. We don't get very good answers. What do you want from the ministers? We want them to be paying attention to what's happening both within New South Wales and, and within Australia generally. We're particularly concerned about the coal seam gas situation now out west in around Narrabri, around the, the Pilliga. We've been out there a number of times to support the activists in that area. In fact, last year we had our Knitting Nanas conference out in Narrabri, which was just fantastic because there was nanas from all over Australia that came to Narrabri and we could show them what was happening in that area. And the year before, we had our conference up in Chinchilla in Queensland, and that was very educational for lots of nanas who could actually go and visit what a gas field looks like. And we've been, the Lismore nanas have been supporting some of the people in the communities up around Chinchilla who've been affected by the gas fields, particularly out at Tara, because the water, the water is such an important element of the whole coal seam gas because they use so much water in unconventional gas production and they affect everybody's water because once they play around with the water tables then all the bores, the local bores go deeper and deeper and methane often escapes through some of the bores. Lots of people have seen photos of, of people being able to light up their bore and suddenly there's a big flame and, and that's just the stuff that you can see you know there's so many other pollutants happening from the whole gas field that's affecting the communities. One of my strongest memories of an action with, with the nanas was when a group of 12 nanas were invited up to Cairns to walk to 
the tip of Cape York from, not from Cairns, but from the Laura Dance Festival, which is sort of inland from Cooktown. This was two winters ago. So first of all, the nanas um, had a sort of a nana camp to sort of sort us out a bit because we knew it was going to be a rough gig and we had to, we didn't all know each other. So there we were camped on a cattle property and getting to know each other and trying to sort out the logistics of how we're going to walk from the Laura Festival up to Cape York, like hundreds of kilometres in winter but it was still pretty bloody hot and we were all shapes and sizes and ages well maybe the youngest were in their early 60s but 60s 70s and it was a bit like a boot camp the conditions were really rough and we had to sort ourselves out so from the base camp we decided that five of the nanas weren't quite up to the adventure. So they went back to to Cairns and were our sort of media and our base support folk. And the rest of us, in two borrowed four-wheel drives, did hops along the way. We hopped from one Indigenous community to another and stayed a few days with with each community and we were able to show them films like some of the the Lock the Gate films coming from the Territory and talk to them because they had no idea about what coal seam gas was about and what the whispers that we heard was that the companies were starting to make arrangements with some of the communities and the the real secret purpose of the of the walk was that we knew that some new roads were being made constructed like four lanes wide roads that seemed to be going nowhere and so we filmed the nanas walking on these roads, scratching our heads, wondering, where are these roads going? What's happening? Where, you know, why are these roads here? And, and then later we'll be able to, to show that documentary to, to other people. So what we thought was going to happen was a pipeline going from the Territory across to, to Queensland. That hasn't actually happened yet, but we've planted some seeds so people might be prepared for that. Anyhow, seven of us made it to the tip and the way we did it was that we would be dropped off maybe five kilometres from one of the, the petrol stations. The Oh, you walked? We walked. Mm. Okay, but we were dropped off five kilometres this side of the petrol station where everyone stopped for lunch and we would walk in and be very visible and lots of people would see us walking and then we'd be able to talk to lots of people and then we'd walk another five kilometres the other side so we only did maybe 10 kilometres a day but very specific 10 kilometres. It was quite dangerous some places you know it was when big trucks went by it was really dusty and hot and a bit scary but it was it was very successful so we got lots of media attention Questions were asked in Parliament about us, so it was for a few people having a big adventure, it had a big impact. Wow. And when was it? It was June 2015. Do you know, has there been any fracking on the Cape? Uh, no, 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 not that I know of. And it's mainly happening in the Territory at the moment, but how the Territory is going to get their gas out is the question, whether it's going to go out through Darwin or join up to New South Wales or go across to, to Queensland. So it's where the pipeline's going is yeah, was the key to what we were doing. When we reached the tip of 
Cape York was just amazing because it's the most northerly point of Australia and it was very rocky and it was quite a hard walking the last couple of kilometres from the car park in and there's one little sign that's saying you're right on the tip and we carried banners from our loops and so we unfurled our banners and took up a lot of space and we were just so pleased it'd been a really hard couple of weeks and we were so pleased that that we had actually made it and we had sore feet and we were a little bit sunburned and we were really keen to have a shower but we made it right to the tip of the northern tip of Australia and we were pretty pleased with ourselves. Wow, that is amazing. (laughs) Grandpas can join too, can't they? They can. A couple of the male partners of some of the nanas join in with us on many occasions and we really appreciate their support. And so we call them poppies and they often come to our conferences and support us in our actions. But we've also got some very young male supporters and they happen to be some of the activists around the Pilliga area. And we've just had a, a nana conference in Newcastle this last weekend in September and we had some young fellows from out of the Pilliga and they're just such wonderful young and when there's big heavy things for nanas to move or nanas to construct, it's really great to have some young energy around who can, you know, climb things and carry things for us. And now a new song, Listen Deep to the Land. Music and lyrics written by Dallas D. Brabander and arranged by Miguel Heatwall, sung by choir Ecopella. Listen deep to the land, my friend, listen deep with your heart. To sing together in the end, we each must learn our part. Listen deep to the land. Steep golden sandstone canyons tell of ocean slow receding. Gullies cut by waters rush, coastal wetlands feeding. Listen deep to the land, my friend, listen deep with your heart. To sing together in the end, we each must learn our part. Listen deep to the land. Like creeks run dry, we thirst for sanctuary. Where gums exhale, a menthol sigh, or salt spray sings or sea. Country speaks, but can we hear its mysteries unfold? First people's voices ringing clear, a story strong and old. Listen deep to the land, my friend, listen deep with your heart. To sing together in the end, we each must learn our part. Listen deep to the land. The country's subtle voices drown 
sways the trees are bulldozed down the land can feel their pain when politicians and companies lie to government agencies we'll call them to account and try to bring them to their knees together make a pact in quiet solemnity to listen deep and bravely act to heal this damaged country listen deep to the land my friend listen deep with your heart to sing together in the end we each must learn our part Listen deep to the land Steep golden sandstone canyons tell Of oceans slow receding Deep gullies cut by waters rush Coastal wetlands feeding Listen deep to the land, my friend Listen deep with your heart Sing together in the end We each must play our part Listen deep to the land Listen deep to the land, my friend Listen deep with your heart To sing together in the end We each must play our part Listen deep to the land To sing together in the end Listen deep to the land. That was Listen Deep to the Land from Ecopella's third CD, Green Footprints, released in March 2018. You're with Earth Matters. I'm Beck Horridge. It's September 15th, 2018, and we are right next to the biggest coal port in the Southern Hemisphere. About 30 knitting nanas are in action, standing on the grassy verge of a busy road, Industrial Drive in Newcastle. The nanas are wearing yellow and black with knitted nana berets. They are waving to the passing traffic, holding signs that say, Climate justice, no new coal, honk for renewable energy, and the passing cars are honking. Some nanas sit in deck chairs and knit. Jally was there. Can you paint a picture of this scene? Sure. There's a row of nanas by the side of the road. Just across the road, there's two young policemen on their horses. And over the back there, there's more. Oh, look, there's lots more police on their horses over there. They're very nice-looking horses. And they're just staying in the shade like the nanas are. We don't want to get sunburned here. And we're hoping that as the cars pass, they will honk for no more coal. There's been a few honks. There has been a few honks. Oh, there goes one. Woohoo! At this time we learned that the export coal terminal had been overrun by about 60 people as part of the frontline action on coal, ACT UP, Week of Action, and that 96-year-old Kokoda Trail veteran Bill Ryan was sitting on his walking frame on the railroad tracks with friend 72-year-old Susie Gold blocking all trains into the port. At Kurangagang Island, 17 people had scaled coal loaders and conveyor belts, including Max, who was dangling from a rope, suspended from a crane high above the endless mounds of coal waiting to be loaded onto ships. 27 people were arrested. 
My name's Nana Carroll. I come from Gloucester, which is about uh, just under two hours north of Newcastle. We're here in Newcastle, which is the largest coal port in the world. And we're here to say no more coal. We need to transition to renewables, to safer energy. We need to preserve the land, the air and the water for future generations. So we're here sitting with our signs. There's all sorts of signs. Mine says no new coal. We've other signs that say climate justice. We need to start thinking about what we're doing and we need to move into that transition. We need a timely move. We don't want people to lose jobs, but if they can be retrained, there's not a problem. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're here today to support the frontline action on coal in everything they've done this week in Newcastle and to say no more coal. Enough. Bye bye coal. Bye bye gas. Hello renewables. Energy from the sky. Initially coal seam gas and now coal has split our town in half. It's just really sad to see what's happened. The nanas, we've had cars driven at us. We've been called names. I was called an effing greeny maggot uh, when I was in one of the clubs because people knew what I stood for. It's just so sad because it's such a beautiful town and I hope that whatever happens, we can rebuild that whole thing together. One of the things that the Gloucester Nanners do, when we started, we all knitted yellow and black. Well, we've been doing it for five years. You could only knit so much yellow and black. You could only knit so many chains. So we decided that we would put our time to good use. And we have sent, um, over the last year, we have knitted and sent um, about, I think it's about 10 blankets down to the Wayside Chapel in Sydney to be given to the uh, homeless people to help keep them warm in the winter. We've knitted scarves, we've knitted beanies. The uh, local police have asked us if we would participate in the project they have, which is to knit the biggest white ribbon to show our support for people who are suffering from domestic violence. Whilst that's not one of our knitting nana's remits we're happy to do that because we feel that is a really important thing well it's still honking down there on the road should we go and see what's happening let's go and see look at these lovely nanas oh aren't they wonderful in their yellow and black with their signs i just love them to death yeah, me too one of the exciting projects that Lismore Knitting Nanas are involved with at the moment is the Fossil Fool Bulletin. It's an email bulletin, I guess, that comes out every week, every Tuesday, written by Nana Eve, who's a journalist, and she does an amazing amount of work every week. She writes a couple of articles that you might not see in any mainstream press, and then she goes through all the all the mainstream presses and the alternative presses and some local media and summarises all the articles, and she does it in groups. So she does all the Adani articles, all the, the gas articles, the articles about fossil fuels, climate change articles... And she'll just do a one-paragraph summary of the article, acknowledge the, the byline, and then she'll give you the link to that article. So it's about a six- or seven-page document. 
and it's free to subscribe. And because she does such fantastic work, we'd really enjoy it if lots of people took advantage of this summary of up-to-date information. You can know more about the Nanas from a, a few different ways. There's many Facebooks of each loop of Knitting Nanas. Our particular one is called Knitting Nanas Against Gas. Some of the other loops put their town name first, so uh, Hunter Knitting Nanas or Dubbo Knitting Nanas or Canberra Knitting Nanas. And if you go onto Facebook and write in Knitting Nanas, a whole pile of Knitting Nanas will come up and you'll see if there's one near you. And if there isn't one near you, you might like to start. Start up a Knitting Nanas. And if you write to the Lismore Knitting Nanas, we'll send you some things of how to start your own loop of Knitting Nanas And now we sometimes call ourselves Knitting Nanas Against Greed because it's the greed of the big corporations that we are fighting against because we're wanting to save the land, the air and the water for the kiddies. And there is a website with lots of Nana information, including where all the loops or groups around Australia are listed. Its internet address is knitting-nanas.com. Or just click into the Earth Matters podcast page at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters, where you'll find all the links mentioned on the show today. I was checking out the Nanas website and I saw this. The Nanas are annoying all pollies equally as the nation gears up for what is being called the most boring election ever. Nanas are staging knit-ins at the offices of election candidates and springing upon them as they kiss innocent babies, wear fluoro vests and try to scare us about boats again. We want to know what their policies are that affect climate change, pollution, mining subsidies and mining company donations and so on and so forth. So go to the Nana Network page for details of regular knit-ins. You have been listening to Earth Matters. Today's story was produced on the lands of the Awabagal and Warami peoples in Malubimba or Newcastle for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. Page at Earth Matters 3CR or follow us on Twitter on Earth M Radio. To listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. That's all for today and thanks for your attention. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environment and social justice stories from all over this astounding planet. I'm Beck Horridge.